family, it is the last Friday show of the year. It's the last speak show of the year. Thanks for rocking with us thus far. We got another banger for you, but the biggest game is 25 hours from now. You got the Cowboys. You got the Lions. This game could decide who will be the number one seed. Yes, I said it in the NFC. If the Niners happen to drop a game, the Detroit Lions could end up as the one seed if they can take care of business against the boys. Let me break down who has the edge on today. Why sports television is made. Starting with the head coaches, Mike McCarthy, Dan Campbell. Both of these coaches have done phenomenal jobs with these two organizations, but only one of these coaches has a Super Bowl. Edge for me goes to Mike McCarthy. I love what Dan Campbell has done. I love what he's done, but Mike McCarthy has made sure the Cowboys stay at an elite level, and most importantly, this is the water cooler stat for you at home, 15-0. The Cowboys' last 15 home games, they have handled business. Okay, let's move on to the quarterbacks. Jared Goff, Dak Prescott. Interestingly enough, they were both drafted in that 2016 draft class. One was number one overall. Dak Prescott was the fourth round pick. Give the edge for me to Dak Prescott. Ooh. See, Dak Prescott, he has found a way to continue to traverse beyond the fray. He's lived above the noise, and this year he has played at an MVP caliber level more often than he has not. Now let's talk from the micro to the macro. Let's talk about the offense. Offensively, in totality, give the edge to the D. Detroit Lions, in large part because of their offensive mind, their offensive coordinator, along with what they have at the running back room. You got David Montgomery, you got Gibbs, you got Amon Ross St. Brown at wide receiver, you got Laporte at tight end. They, from top to bottom, along with the brilliance at the mind, they dominate the offense defensively. Dallas Cowboys, Micah Parsons, Gilmore, Land. Wilson, the names are endless, and I didn't even mention Demarcus Lawrence. Shame on me. Cowboys get the edge on defense, but the X Factor, this is the one name that you need to know going into the game tomorrow at 5 o'clock. For me, it is this man, David Montgomery. See, the Cowboys struggle with people who will run right at them. David Montgomery, he's not the speed back. He's the power back. Cowboys, they are very thin in the linebacker room. We will talk more about that later this show. So in the biggest NFC game of the year, these are the names, the faces, the people that you need to know. But at the desk, these are the names, the faces, the people that you all need to know. James Jones, Super Bowl champ. What's the word, big dog? Man, my brother, what's going on? It's I'm all good. good. It's all it's good. good to see you, Will. It's good to see you. It's great. We'll, we'll get to him in a moment. Joy Taylor, the brilliant, the always dressed, the stunning, the oh, elegant I'm Joy Taylor. Dressed. How are we, Joy? How I'm are we good. Doing? I thought we were going for, like, New Year's you theme. Know, it's the last hey, show of the year. Ain't that something, though? Hey, I've been planning this fit he for months. Me so. first, James Jones. What's up? Then he said, the always dress. He don't see me? I'm I, did, he did, he did. I, I know he sees I'm you. Building. I am building. And now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to my right is a Super Bowl champ, Will Blackman. He there was drafted he by the Green Bay Packers. He go. played 12 years in the National Football League, a friend of the show, a friend of my own. However, he is not a friend of suits. He is not a friend of button downs. He is not a friend of dress shoes. He's not a friend of slats. He's not a friend of khakis. He is a friend of. Uh, <laughs> bro. See, he didn't get the memo. Yeah. I didn't get the memo. You thought this was a herd. See, on the herd, you were dressed in the exact same way, right? Oh, but nice. see, Will, on this show, okay. on this show, Will, you know, sometimes we like to get dressed up. You know, we, we don't go straight to work out after. Okay. We work out before the show. Okay. So anyway, Super Bowl champ Will Blackman, how are you feeling besides comfortable? <laughs> well, clearly I feel like one of your uncomfortable guests. <laughs> uh, one of your uncomfortable conversations. But I, what, so what I, when I come to this show, what I do is I actually go into Acho's wardrobe and I'm like, okay, okay what does he have? I'm like, there's no suit today. There you go. So I ain't wearing a suit today. <laughs> this is the, the dress-down desk. I love it. Well, the Cowboys, they will be dressed up for their performance. Dallas Cowboys, Detroit Lions. It's a must-win game, really, for both of these teams, Joy Taylor. But who in the world needs to win more, Cowboys or Lions? I think the Cowboys do, mostly because they're coming off of two straight losses. You don't want to go into the postseason with that kind of momentum. Mm -hmm. Three straight losses? Yeah. Two straight losses sounds bad. Yeah. Three sounds a whole lot worse. Definitely. Especially when you're talking about losing to the Lions, who are a really, really good team mm -hmm. in the NFC this year. Now, look, overall, the Cowboys have had a really nice season. They're going to be in the postseason. You mentioned all the talent that they have, all the great wins that they've accumulated. They've beat down on a lot of people this year. They've had a lot to – they put a lot on paper to be proud of. Yeah. But we're now at crunch time. We're in December, almost in January. And this is the time where you want to be playing your best football. No doubt. You had a really, really bad loss to the Bills. Okay, it happens. Mm -hmm. 
it's compounding. Sometimes it happens. Start compounding things. Then you took an L to the Dolphins on the road. This is an opportunity to get back right. It would be a really nice win because the Lions are a good team. So this isn't a team that we just expect you to smack around. You're going to have to bring your best effort. And I think that it means more for the Cowboys this weekend. Absolutely. I mean, this ain't even close right here. You're talking about a Detroit Lions team who is riding with a lot of confidence. 30 years. They ain't won a division in 30 years. They just sold that up last weekend. So... They are really coming into this game with zero pressure. You are talking about a Cowboys team who really needs this win. They still have only beat one winning team. Mm. They still struggle on the road winning football games. So for me, this game is at home to where you dominate at home. But not only that, this game is for confidence. You are going to be playing these type football teams in the playoffs. Might be on the road. So you have to find a way to dominate a football game against a really good football team and win this game. Because I'm telling you now, the commanders mean nothing next week, confidence-wise. You may go on the road and win, but you are going into the playoffs in your mind knowing you lost to the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Lions back to back yeah. to back, and you're getting ready for the playoffs with no bye week. So this means a lot to the Dallas Cowboys. They have to play the right way and win this football game against a really good football team. Now, Will, you can offer us invaluable insight because you were with the Cowboys coaching staff during training camp. I remember calling you while you were there at the practice field and whatnot, so you know this team better than anybody else. No, I wasn't giving out no television. secrets, by the way. He <laughs> called me, but that was it. I just want to let y'all know. That was <laughs> it. Give us, give us the secrets right here, right now, though. This Cowboys team, how bad do they need this win? You know that team well. You know yeah. that roster well. well. Well, this is huge, and you and I talked previously, you know, about the fact that, like, personnel-wise, which is why they're struggling in the rug game, losing two, losing two linebackers. So I think, especially this time of year, it's going to be important to – like, fix the things. Like, most teams, maybe they need to get healthy going into the postseason, yeah. right? Uh, in this case, they really need to find a way to correct the things in the run game. And this is going to be a great opportunity. You have a really extremely physical team that has mm-hmm. two, straight up, two legit number oh. one running backs yes, sir. in the backfield. So it's going to be huge for them to fix those things because right now, that's the glaring thing. When you play against teams that are punishing running the football, they have, shows that they have shown they're able to expose that weakness in the Cowboys defense. So this weekend for them to get the win and to also fix those things on defense, I think is going to be massive. Very well said. James, as well as talking, you mentioned the Cowboys got some dogs. Well, let's yeah. talk about the dogs, the Cleveland Browns and the dog pound. Mm. They got a much-needed win yesterday. Do you all realize that the Cleveland Browns under Kevin Stefanski have 11 wins this season, and they have started four different quarterbacks? Never in the history of the National Football League has a team started four different quarterbacks en route to securing a playoff spot and a 11 wins. Joe Flacco, the ancient Joe Flacco, if I may, in jest, he threw for over 300 yards once again. Here is my thought. This Cleveland Browns team very much so reminds me of the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl team, and here is why. This Cleveland Browns team has dealt with so many injuries. Delpit, Conklin, Chubb, uh, uh, amongst others, Rodney McLeod. That Eagles team dealt with so many injuries, and I haven't even mentioned the quarterback, obviously, in Deshaun Watson. Eagles team, Chris Marigos, all-pro special teams player, Jordan Hicks, Jason Peters, Darren Sproles, Donnell Prumphrey, amongst others. Both of these teams were decimated by injuries, and they lost their starting quarterbacks. They both currently have elderly backup quarterbacks who are great in clutch moments. They not, might not be great in careers. Nick Foles, phenomenal in clutch moment. Joe Flacco, phenomenal in clutch moment. Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl MVP. Both of these teams have found a way to win despite the immense injuries. Jim Schwartz, defensive coordinator of that Super Bowl Eagles team. Jim Schwartz, defensive coordinator of this current Cleveland Browns team. So you got a quarterback who's won a Super Bowl and a defensive coordinator that's won a Super Bowl. You got a great defense. You've been decimated by injuries, but you still found ways to win. This Cleveland Browns team is eerily similar to that Eagles roster, which I knew all too well as someone who was drafted by the Eagles. Joy, I believe that teams should fear this Cleveland Browns team. They should fear this Cleveland Browns team. Not because this Cleveland Browns team is the most lethal, Mm. but because this Cleveland Browns team is the most sneaky. Mm. Everybody knows keeps their distance from a shark. Mm. They're sharks. People don't think keep your distance from a hippo. But hippos kill more people annually than sharks. <laughs> this Cleveland Browns team might not be the most lethal, but, Joy, they're the most sneaky. You like that one, Will Blackman. Uh, Joy Taylor, should, no, teams, should, <laughs> should teams fear the Cleveland Browns? Yeah, like people should be more aware of hippos. They should. <laughs> like, yeah, they're like, quick. They're cute, yeah, but they're quick. Uh, and they, yeah, I just they learned a good lesson. I'm telling you. Don't be like, hey. Just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, don't go nowhere. 
near the hippo. Matter of oh, fact, if you're that close, it's probably a wrap for you anyway. Oh. Yeah, they should fear the Browns. And it's really, it's just weird to say it. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. But they keep doing it. And a big reason why they're doing it and a big reason why teams should fear the Browns is that defense. Right. Since week 14, oh, wow. they're allowing 4.1 yards per play. That's the best in the NFL. 11 takeaways leads the NFL. And they're allowing a passer rating of 64.5. That's the best in the NFL. Their defense is the key to this Browns situation. That and great coaching. That and great coaching. And lots of talent. But to me, it starts right there. If you can give your offense an opportunity and you take advantage of it, that's a scary team. Yeah. And they're, they're playing with house money. Nobody expected that them part. to be here. That Nobody has part. expectations Especially of the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. I mean, he's, he's loving it. This is, uh, this is great. You know, there's five kids. Come watch, come watch Dad play. This is amazing for him. So, yeah, I think they should fear the Browns. But I do have a sneaky suspicion that they will fear the Browns. The way that they are playing and the way that the defense is playing specifically, I don't think any team at this point, they would be silly, honestly, to overlook what the Browns are doing and what they've done for the past few games. They're 4-0 since week 14. They're on the same streak, longest current win streaks as the Ravens, the Browns, and the Bucks. Yeah. So they're playing really, really good football. They're well coached, and they lead with their defense that is playing at a super, super high level. Let me get to this point before Will. Can't wait to hear from you, James. Can't wait to hear from you after hearing from Joy. The best part about doing this show with people who played for a long time is once you play for a long time, your mindset starts to change when you're an older player in the league. When you're young in the league, you're just trying to make it, figure it out. You got a ball every right. single time. Once guys like y'all and y'all, you get married, you start having kids, it puts in perspective where the NFL falls in your life. Mm-hmm. Will, you said something brilliant. Joe Flacco's playing with house money. Mm-hmm. Joe Flacco plays free. Every time he's on the field. That's the he's already won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Been the MVP. Yeah. He's already gotten a $100 million contract. He's literally playing with house money. Yeah. If I lose, cool. That's it. I got about five kids at the crib. <laughs> I'm good. I think he is so free. And James, I think that is so lethal for other quarterbacks like yeah. Lamar, yeah. who's got to prove himself. Yeah. Allen, who's got to prove himself. Yeah. Blacko's done it. Talk no to me. Should no team spear the Browns. And that, that's a very true statement right there because if Joe Flacco goes out here and loses to two in the playoffs or Lamar in the playoffs or Pat in the playoffs, we're going to be like, dang, the Browns did well. Yeah. <laughs> hey, good, yeah. hey, good you job, know what I'm saying? 11 wins, got job, to the playoffs. Well Joe, done, Flacco, yeah, Joe Flacco, 300-yard passing game. Well done. Off the couch. <laughs> well done, Joe. So they playing with house money, and that is why you should fear them because they have 11 wins, and we can all sit up here and say at least six of them came from the defense saying y'all ain't getting nothing. We're going to win this game 7-3, 10-7, whatever it may be. This defense has been balling. And now Joe Flacco is under center. I mean, you're talking about four 300-yard passing games. Joe Joe ain't done that in his career. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And you are doing it fresh off the couch. So for me, coach of the year is a wrap. Mm -hmm. You done got this record and got Joe Flacco playing at this level in your system, passing the ball the way he passing the ball, offense moving the ball the way they moving, and we know they play defense. You should absolutely fear him because as I'm looking at this playoff picture, Trevor Lawrence should be scared. No doubt. Uh, Patty should be scared with his offense. Uh, Josh Allen, we know he can go like that, right? You got the Colts in there with Gardner Minshew. Um, The only one that really could be a little relaxed right now is probably Lamar. Mm -hmm. You know, but then again, this is a division game. The Browns game. already beat but, and it's the a, Ravens. And it's a division America, game, so that's going to even be a tougher because it ain't no surprises. Right. So it's everybody in this playoff picture in the AFC should definitely fear the Browns from what they're putting on tape right now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny as I look at these stats. Like, as a defense, you have all these goals, you know, in terms of, like, you know, you want to be really good on third down. Mm-hmm. They're Check. number one. <laughs> you want to, you know, get a certain amount of takeovers. They're number one. Mm. Stop the run. They're top ten. I mean, anything you want defensively, they're getting it done. And offensively, they've been ranked one, as we see here, I mean, pretty much since he's been there. Yeah. Right? So, overall, okay. just as, as a team, they're doing great things. Like, I became – I started fearing the Browns when I seen them come out the locker room playing 50 Cent. Uh. Whoop your head. When they started playing whoop your head, boy, I was boy. like, oh, man. Oh, you ain't scared. It's ready to go. And I, and I do love the fact yeah. what's Stefanski being coach of the year because, as you know, once the quarterback room falls apart, yep. it is really, really hard to keep that together. I mean, you, you see it in New York right now yes, with sir. the Jets. As soon as that went down, I mean, they're dealing with everything. So I, I just overall, man, the, the Browns is the Browns. <laughs> The Browns is the Browns, and I, I totally would fear them. 
just because they are so comfortable. And that is the hardest thing to do is to, like you said, play free, be comfortable. And this entire team is doing that. No Let me take it a step further. And this now, I might get disagreement. I apologize in <laughs> advance. Sorry, oh, sorry, oh, sorry. Shit. I'm getting excited. Though I played for the Eagles, the Cleveland Browns drafted me. Uh-huh. And so I do have to do my, pay my homage to them. Pull up the full screen, please, of the playoff picture in the AFC. Because mm. I have a question for y'all on the desk. Yeah. Where would you draft Joe Flacco as it pertains to quarterbacks in the playoffs? Because when I think about the quarterbacks in the playoff picture, Gardner Minshew, he's starting for the Colts. Trevor Lawrence, he has one playoff win. He's starting for the Jags. Patrick Mahomes, he needs no explanation. Tua Tungvaluwa has no playoff win starting for the Dolphins. Lamar Jackson, one and three playoff record starting for the Ravens. Josh Allen, I believe a four and four playoff record starting for the Bills. Apology, I am doing this off the top of my head if I missed any of these statistics. Joe Flacco has 15 playoff starts. I believe he may have 10 playoff wins. Wow. 10 playoff wins, if I am not mistaken. Where are y'all drafting Joe Flacco? Because I will not name names. But I'm taking him third. Ooh. You mean, I, we, like, dra- like, you took all the quarterbacks and drafted them in for the, the playoffs? Play- for, the the AF- for the AFC yes, playoff for the AFC. picture. Oh I'm not naming names because I don't want to go viral. Yeah, yeah. But I would say that I would take him third. Remember, Joe Flacco in route to viral. winning a Super Bowl, 11 touchdowns, no interceptions. Yeah. You, you don't want to go viral, man. This Joe- is out of mind. So wait, let's just assume you're putting Pat above that. Mm. Right, I'm gonna give you that grace. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 because he's, he's not gonna say it. But uh, I'm gonna give him that grace. Yeah, so that, right. so that means that uh, either Tua or Lamar, <laughs> you know, it's or Tua. Josh Allen. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's I know, one I know. Tua. Either you know Tua that. or Lamar or Josh Allen, because oh, I'm not gonna make an argument yeah. for any of the rest of them are outside of that top three. Yeah. Yeah. Like, where would you put? Okay, so this is where. Um, so I said a lot of nice things about the Browns. Remember a couple minutes ago. Remember when I did that? Yeah. I meant every word. But this is why we get crazy. Okay. okay? Let's, just, let's just relax a little bit. Okay. okay? They, they are playing great football right now. Let's just, let's just wait. I mean, can we, like, you can do what you want to do. Have I'm going to wait and see what happens in the postseason. I think I, I, I need to make sure that this is not a nice story. Because right, right now it is, a, it is a great story. Kevin yeah. Stefanski is going to win Coach of the Year. He deserves it. He's done an incredible job. Joe Flacco has done an incredible job. There's a reason, though, why Joe Flacco was coming off the couch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There, there, there was a reason. Mm-hmm. This is like... It was a reason. He's having a great moment, and we, and we love it. We absolutely love it. We don't have to throw shade. And if, if it's tr- sounding like shade, blame Emmanuel. He started this. Okay? <laughs> I'm just saying maybe let's just see if it's a good story. Yeah. Let, me, let me pump to the right real quick, James. Yeah, I like Because this. you played with a quarterback and against a quarterback that will go into the Hall of Fame, in my mind, because of great moments. Easy. Eli Manning. Eli. Eli Manning. I do not believe Eli Manning was an elite quarterback. With all due respect, I don't. But in the playoffs, he was elite. Mm-hmm. Nick Foles, my former roommate, when I moved to Philly, Acho, come sleep in my guest room. You can have a couch. I didn't have anywhere to stay. Shout out to my dog. Nick is my dog. I don't think he was elite. Mm-hmm. But Nick had great moments. Yeah. Super Bowl MVP moments. I don't think Joe Flacco was elite. But Joe Flacco was proven to have great moments, four-game stretch moments, four consecutive games with over 300 passing yards. Will, I'm coming to you yeah. first because you won a Super Bowl on the back of Eli Manning and his great moments. Joe Flacco, where does he stack up in these playoff picture with the quarterback? Yeah, it, it's funny you, you said that because when you mentioned uh, the 17 Eagles, I thought of my 11 Giants because we, we finished the year 9-7, and seven, and we were the team, we were just like, don't let these guys get in. Mm-hmm. Don't let these guys get in. And we, we struggled. We were up and down. We lost some major games. We finally won uh, the last game versus the Cowboys to get into the playoffs. And then once we got into the, the postseason, I remember we played Atlanta. Like, we were just so turned up. And we had the personality across the board. We had, like, a nine-man rotation on the D-line. We had studs in the secondary. We could run the football. The guys, we had three running backs that were aggressive. And like you said, Eli, we had Cruz and, and Knicks. Like, we just had the guys where we were able to get in the postseason. So, in terms of this, I, I don't – I can say this. I don't know why I would rank him, but I feel like this Joe Flacco, I think he could help a lot of the teams that are there. Like if you if you took out the quarterbacks from, mm. let's say, even Miami or Baltimore or whoever, I think Joe Flacco could go in there and help those teams. Mm. I think that's I think that's where he is right now. Well, first off, forget you and that 2011 Giants team. Uh-oh. <laughs> Forget you in the 2010 team. You know what I'm saying? Forget you and that team. At y'all listen, came in I the got, Lambo. I don't want him to get us up from the 2010 so, team. You know, okay, I've heard about that. We will get into Joe You want to tell the whole story of how y'all went and beat him. But I'm putting him at three. Okay. I'm putting him at three. So we're on the same and I ain't going to say no names neither. Don't do it, James. But Protect yourself. I've, I've been on runs before, and when you get hot, 
and you play it with confidence yes. and you play in the right way, yes. it really don't even matter about talent. And some of these quarterbacks that I got behind them might be a little bit more talented than all that than For Joe sure. Flacco. But right now, Joe is hot. Yep. The Cleveland Browns are hot. And to me, that means something, especially yeah, going into the postseason. Can you write the names? Because I know one of them. Just point to the other one. Point to the other one. Man, y'all one, just giving it away. Two, two, three, 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 three. Shady picked the baby well, real quick, real quick. 12 years in the National Football League, Super Bowl champ, defensive yeah. black. You played some corner, you played some safety. I think you played in the slot. So you know how to see the football field. You went against a lot of quarterbacks. You played with Brett Favre, with Aaron Rodgers. You played with Eli Manning. How does Joe Flacco scare you? Let me ask it to you like this. Don't rank him. But would you rather see in the playoffs Joe Flacco or Josh Allen, knowing Josh Allen's ability to turn the ball over, but his ability to play at a number one quarterback level, or Joe Flacco, knowing that Joe Flacco might just pull a, a, a oh, trick out I'll the bat. I'd rather play Joe Flacco okay. any day of the week. Great. Let's go Tua. Tua or Flacco? I'd rather play Joe Flacco. Okay. Let's go Lamar. Lamar Flacco. Joe Flacco. Let's go <laughs> Gardner Minshew. Minshew Flacco. <laughs> Minshew. Okay, let's go Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence. Or, no, no, no. I'm, I'm genuinely curious. No, you're good. The, Trevor the, Lawrence or Flacco? My, I would say Flacco again. The reason why, because Flacco's not going anywhere. He's not moving. Okay. He's not, he's going to, he's like Tom Brady, stand there, down the barrel, and Eli let's go. Neither, and you got a ring. Huh? <laughs> Eli wasn't moving neither, and you no, got a ring. No, he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> but we had a good old line, too, in the line. <laughs> But because Josh Allen, he's, the ability him to do all these crazy things. Same thing with Lamar. Tua, he gets the ball out quick. Yep. That's hard. High percentage passes. That's, that's the problem we played against Aaron Rodgers. High percentage passes. Boom, ball is out quick. So, for me, I'd rather play against Joe than all these guys I just because he's going to stand there in the pocket. Yeah, and, and the thing that's scary about Flacco, like all jokes aside, I really don't know if this is a, a good story or if, if they're going to go on a run. It would be amazing to watch. But his experience, mm -hmm. it, like there's a lot of, right. a lot of ex existential factors that, here. That's like, what I'm saying. His experience matched with the freedom that he plays with, that's not it. just because he just came out the couch. Yeah. He, this is a man that won a Super Bowl that's <laughs> that, right. that yeah. came out the right. couch. So, like, he, it's not, he's not just some and guy. And because of him. Like, right. he went yeah. off in the right. playoffs. So he's not, right. he's not just some guy. And, and, again, when you're pairing that with a defense that's playing at the elite level that the Browns are playing at, it is a recipe for disaster. It does, like, it would be crazy to see, mm -hmm. but this has also been a very wild year. Yeah. Correct. The, the, right. the dominant teams that we thought were going to be dominant coming into the year have struggled. Everybody has questions about them, and everyone is beatable. So that's really, right. to me, what makes and the Browns so scary. Back all over the place. Yeah. That, that's what I'm getting at. Obviously, conventional wisdom says Joe Flacco shouldn't make any noise. No doubt. Right. But I'm too close to that 2017 Eagles, and I know you're too close to that 2011 Giants where I'm like, Nick Foles wasn't supposed to go on that run, y'all. But when you have somebody who has nothing to lose, yeah. somebody who's free, somebody who's playing with house money again, Joe Flacco was built off the backs of going against Ray Lewis in practice, Ed Reed in yeah. practice, going against Troy Palomalu, going against T. Sizzle. Joe Flacco, with all due respect, he's not worried about Kyle Hamilton. But not only that, if we watching the games, Joe Flacco is putting these things to where only yes. his boys can get. Yes. And he's Correct. always been a quarterback. Correct. Like you say, right. he ain't running nowhere. But the way he made his money was being right. accurate and accuracy, putting his football in only spots to where only his receivers can get. Right. And when you watch him over these last couple games, 300 here and 300 there and 300 there, it's like, ooh, good coverage, great ball. Right. Yeah. Ooh, and, good and, coverage, talk about how that, that's Talk about different. how that yeah. elevates the receivers no when you know the ball's going to be on the money. Like, it elevates you. Like, if he needs me at yep. 16 yeah. on the dig, I'm running this. I'll be at 16 that ball's going to be there. And that's why I always used to tell everybody playing with Aaron Rodgers. I ain't never covered. It could be Jalen. It could be Richard Sherman. It could be Reeves. 12 finna put that ball. Oh, he right there. Yep. Yeah. Right there. You know, so even they might be faster than me, better than me. Yeah. The ball going to be where it's supposed to be. And that's how Joe playing the game. We will see. For context, Joe Flacco, 22 touchdowns, 10 interceptions the year he won the Super Bowl in the regular season. He got to the playoffs in four games, 11 touchdowns, no interceptions. Mm. MVP. Oh. When we return, Sean Payton, his reputation, I believe, is being completely destroyed based upon the chaos that we are currently witnessing. Russell Wilson has been moved to the bench. This is the NFL storyline of the second half of the season. We will discuss it all after this commercial break. Don't forget, check us out every day, Fox Sports Channel, Sirius XM, and come back for your best conversation of the day. Family, we 
are in second and short, and Russell Wilson has literally just spoken about the contract situation. We will get you the details of his words momentarily. Sean Payton, head coach, he moved Russell Wilson to the bench for the last two games of the regular season. Reports are saying Russ is expected to be cut by the team in March. Now, for context, Sean Payton approached Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's words, not my own. He quite literally just said it. We will get you the sound momentarily. Sean Payton approached Russell Wilson on October 29th after beating the Chiefs and said, if you do not take a pay cut, we will move you to the bench. Russ did not take the pay cut. Russ has been moved to the bench months later after losing 26-23 to the New England Patriots. James Jones, I believe Sean Payton is ruining his reputation. The reason I believe Sean Payton is ruining his reputation is because the way I think about Sean Payton as a coach has changed. Mm -hmm. And I have seen many former players, of which have played 10 to 15 years, come on television in the last 48 hours and talk about how their opinions of Sean Payton has changed. Mike Tomlin, Pete Carroll, Mike McCarthy, Andy Reid, Doug Peterson, Bill Belichick. I do not think, nor have I seen them publicly berate a quarterback in the manner that Sean Payton did Russell Wilson. Mm. I have not seen those coaches. The reason I mention those coaches, all of those coaches have won Super Bowls, include Sean McVay into that conversation as well. None of those coaches would have demeaned a quarterback in the way that Sean Payton has demeaned Russell Wilson, both overtly and subliminally. Sean Payton has treated Russell Wilson, a, a, a future Hall of Famer, many would suggest, in such a demeaning way that I now look at you, Sean Payton, differently. Mm. And I think his reputation in totality has changed because his actions have reached the surface of our eyes. And to some degree, to large degree, they've been despicable. Mm. Do you think his reputation has been ruined based upon these actions? I don't. And, and the main reason why I don't is because I truly believe this is Sean Payton. We've seen Sean Payton get fiery like this with referees. We've seen him get fiery like this with other players. I think the only thing that's raising a lot of people's eyebrows right now is it's a Hall of Fame type talent yes, quarterback. So if this was him yelling at Cortland Sutton, we'd be like, dang, what Cortland do? You know what I'm saying? But now since it's Russ, it's like, dang, that's disrespectful. Of course. You're going to do that to So I think this was always him. But now it's just Russell Wilson, and we're all starting to remember everything he said about Russ as well. You know what I mean? You're kissing babies. You ain't got no parking spot. You're this, you're that. Just every time he came to the media, it was something about Russell Wilson. So for me, I think this is, as a coach, I think this is how he's always been. I think it's just raised a lot of eyebrows because it is Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson is a Hall of Fame caliber player. But I think this is Sean Payton. Sean Payton has got into it with players on the sideline plenty of times. He's a fiery coach. We had Malcolm Jenkins on the show, and he said he said that. He said, listen, playing under him, look, it is his way or really the highway, and this is how he really runs the ship, no matter the player. But we never seen him get into it with Drew like that. So this is kind of like, dang, it's Russ. But for me, I feel like this has always been who Sean Payton was. So I truly believe there is no reputation ruined. This is just who Sean Payton is. And now everybody's getting to see it because Russell Wilson is such a big star. What was his reputation before this happened? Mm. I don't know what Sean Payton is like with his players. I don't like to get yelled at, but I'm not an NFL player. Mm -hmm. And no one's running me $260 million either. So if they do, I might change my opinion about your ability to yell at me while we're trying to accomplish something. My idea of Sean Payton is that he went to an organization that had one playoff win all time before he arrived and turned them into a Super Bowl champion and an organization that we still, to this day, even in his absence, hold with some certain level of respect around the NFL. That was due to him. Before that, they were showing up to games with brown bags over their faces. And fix Drew Brees, that's his little thing too. Fix Drew Brees. Yep. Nine playoff wins. He has six most all-time amongst active coaches, 20th most all-time. He's a winning coach. He's a guy that can turn an organization around. How and what is going on with Russ and this organization and Sean Payton, I think we will find out two versions of it. We're going to get Russ's version. We're going to get the Broncos version. The truth lies somewhere in the middle, and eventually we will probably find it. But I can't just say that Sean Payton is no longer a good coach because he and Russell Wilson have clearly come to this impasse where it's not going to work with him and just the way that Russ is treating the situation. Again, Russ asked out of Seattle. There's plenty of conversations about what Russ did in the building in Seattle in order to get out of that. 
which we don't need, we don't need to bring up because it doesn't really matter to me until we start talking about what is expected of everyone. At the end of the day, do I like that he's yelling at him like that? I don't know what was said. <laughs> does, I, that, does that relevant? Because 100%. I've, if he's calling him names and telling him he sucks and, and saying, who, I do not know what he's saying. I, to the, this is the problem for me. Good. This is the problem for me. It's not good. It's not good. It's not good. It's not good. But is it because, but like, here's the problem. Is Russ better this year? This is what I guess is going down to for me. Is Russ better this year? Yes, of course. Yes. Was it Russell's fault he was bad last year or was it Nathaniel Hackett's fault he was bad last year? I believe Hackett. Both. So then Sean Payton is responsible for him being better this year. Sure. That's the math. Sure. If it wasn't Russ's fault last year, then it has to be Sean Payton's influence this year sure. that Russ has improved. So Sean Payton, by all accounts, because we think Russ is better, sure. is doing a good job. Not disagreeing with that. So then his reputation is ruined because he and Russ are now in this situation. And by the way, Russ should not give a penny back to the Broncos. Not a single solitary dime. Don't give anything back to an organization ever. I'm adamantly against it. This is what you do for a living. You earn that money. They willingly gave you that money. So you should not give any of it back. Not an injury guarantee, nothing. Absolutely not. And I think it's insane that they came to him in the middle of the season asking for it. So Russ is completely in the right to tell them, I'm not giving it back. So where, where I'm mad is, the only issue I have, the real issue I have is, you do not treat a player of that caliber mm. like that publicly. Mm. There is a hierarchy in locker rooms. Yeah. We all know it at this depth. We call exception to the rule. No <laughs> doubt about it. If you got a rookie player who's sleeping in a meeting, he's getting cut. No doubt. You got a veteran player who's sleeping in a meeting, you wake him up. Mm-hmm. That's how it goes. That's it. Russell Wilson should be treated with a certain level of dignity that Cortland Sutton, to your point, a four- or five-year wide receiver shouldn't because he's a quarterback, because he's a great quarterback. The other thing is, Mike Tomlin has had a lot of bad quarterbacks, mm-hmm. and I ain't seen him talk to now one of them like yeah. this. Yeah. Pete Carroll has had a couple bad quarterback plays. Mm-hmm. I ain't seen him talk to now one of them like this. Bill Belichick, mm-hmm. since Tom left, he had a whole bunch of bad quarterbacks and bad quarterback play, and he ain't talked to now one of them like this. Mm-hmm. And you're going to talk to Russ like this? Joy, I loved all the stats you read about Peyton, but y'all know how long it would take us to read stats about Russ? Don't playoff wins that Peyton got, Russ got them too. That Super Bowl that Peyton got, Russ got one too. And he went back. Will, you ain't chimed in yet. You won a Super Bowl. Because I'm watching like I'm at home. This is a great show. I I like Speed. You know, I I tune in when I can. You know what I mean? This is is great. So I I think um, I did listen to Sean Payton speak, and he talked about the economic stuff. You know, obviously the guaranteed contracts, especially if he's hurt, he's guaranteed 25 as well, uh, 2025. But it's, I'm like, it's economical and it's personal. Um, just because I just, I just feel like he just is not a fan of how just Russ is yeah. as a person. And I think that's just pretty much what it came down to. Obviously, I, I mentioned the economic stuff, but he just he, he came in like thinking like, okay, this could work because mm-hmm. he is a talented quarterback. Yeah. Right. But I'm just not a fan yeah. of, of all these things that how he is, you know, just as a person. So I, I see both. And also keep in mind, too, you know, Sean Payton came from the Parcells tree. Yep. You know, really tough nose, yeah. hard nose coach. You know, that's how he is. So he understands that, too. So, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't seen it. I never seen all the quarterbacks I play with. Yeah. get. I play with Blake Bortles and he didn't get blasted. Like <laughs> yeah, like this. You know, and um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, man. And I'm really interested to see. You know, both sides, like Joyce said, uh, when it comes down to but it. Here's what is, real quick, James, here's what's interesting. We rarely ever see Russ's side. Mm-hmm. I was talking to people on Russ's team this morning, quite literally, at breakfast, and we never saw Russ respond when Marshawn Lynch made a comment. We didn't see Russ respond when people said he was a square. We didn't see Russ respond to Pete Carroll when Pete Carroll made a comment. Mm-hmm. We didn't re- see Russ respond to KJ Wright nor Bobby Wagner when there was yeah. a podcast. We didn't see Russ respond to Doug Baldwin. But Russell Wilson has responded to this oh. report. On the other side of this break, we will let you hear the minute 20 seconds of what Russell Wilson finally said in response to being benched. This is the greatest soundbite you might hear all season on the other half of this commercial break. And then we have to discuss it. Mm. Come back for that. Honestly, I wouldn't even walk away. I've never heard Russell Wilson in this form or fashion after being benched he has spoken up you rarely ever hear Russell Wilson speak and finally we get to play it for you take a listen we beat the Chiefs they they came up to me during the um they came up to me during the uh, bye week and began the bye week on Monday or Tuesday and they told me that uh if I didn't change my contract my injury guaranteed that I'd be uh you know, that I'd, I'd be benched for the rest of the year. And uh, for, I don't know, I think we had nine games left or so. 
Uh, I was definitely disappointed about it, and uh, it was a process throughout the whole week, um, for a whole bye week. And um, you know, it was, it was uh, you know, we, we just came off beating the Chiefs, played a pretty good game against the Chiefs. We just came off of that, so I was excited, obviously, for us to fight for the playoffs and get on a hot streak. And um, you know, and then uh, you know, NFLPA and NFL got involved or whatever. I think, but at some point, but I, I think you know, for me, you know, I just you know, I, I came here to to, um, to play here. Um, to, to, to win, I knew it was going to be a process to, to uh, you know, you know, I signed a seven-year deal to, you know, for us to go and play hard, and that's my goal every every time I step into the white lines is give everything I have. You know, I want to be here, I want to play here, I want to be able to win here, I want to win championships here, I want to give my all every week. You know, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what the score is, and um, you know, and uh, I, I want to be the best teammate and leader that I can be in the midst of it all. Um, you know, and so. You know, that's why I was out here at practice every day, and you know, I told I told Jared I'd, I'd help him and lead him and do whatever it takes and keep the guys going and try to lead the right way. You know, that's all I know. I cannot state how unique what we just witnessed is. We were right. talking about it off camera. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson never yeah. does that. Yeah. I was talking to people on his team this morning. Will, I'm sure you've talked to Russ recently. He never does what we just heard. My reaction, thankful. I, uh, finally, Russ speaks. Because we only ever hear one side of stories about Russell Wilson, whether it's Marshawn's side, whether it's Pete Carroll's side, whether it's K.J. Wright's side, whether it's Richard Sherman's side. We never hear Russ's side. Now we've heard Sean Payton's side. But it is good to hear Russell Wilson say, like, look, this is when they approached me. I signed a seven-year deal. I wanted to build first year four wins, second year seven wins. Maybe if you give me some more time, we'll get to 10 wins, then 13 wins, then win a Super Bowl. I didn't sign a two-year contract. I signed a seven-year contract. I've been here for the duration of the seven years in my my mind committed. I loved hearing it. Will, obviously, you're close to him, people on his team. What is your response to that? What's your reaction? Yeah, it, it was good to hear that because the, I guess the, the tough thing that people struggle with, even I did that as a friend, is like every time he would get to the podium, everything's all good. Like everything, no matter what he's dealing with, everything is good. And that's a, that is a good attitude to have for a lot of things. But at some point, like when, when there's so much going on, like we want to hear you be authentic and hear your emotions. And I think this is the very first time that you heard Russ, like truly let you know, like I wasn't happy about this situation and this, and this is what it is. So um, overall that's tough. Yeah. Like trying to bench what nine games left. Mm-hmm. Like that's after a win. First Chiefs one. team that you lost to, I believe, 16 right. consecutive times. He let you know three times in that thing, we beat the Chiefs. Correct. <laughs> we beat the Chiefs. <laughs> that matters. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it, it's really, that's why, again, why I'm like, man, this is a pro situation. Now, as an, as an agent, if I'm his agent, like, I would try, I honestly would try my best to find a way to keep him playing this season. You know, even if it is trying to alter something, like trying to find the best way to get him to keep playing, to to avoid all this stuff. But at the same time, it's probably a good thing because now people can see a lot of things that, you know, were, that are always held under wraps. Yeah, I'm really grateful that Russ just Says said all that. Long, yes, because if you let everybody else tell the story, yeah. people are going to believe the other story. Right. Like you said, it, that's how it's been. Yes, yeah. and, and you, all, you all know stories of things that happen behind the scenes with organizations that sound crazy, I have plenty of stories that I will never be able to tell because they're not my stories to tell that would infuriate people about the way that they treat players no matter what level that they've reached. So I'm glad that he said something because honestly, it's no surprise that the Broncos aren't winning now. How do you go to your starting quarterback in, in that moment after beating the Chiefs and tell him to give money back or he's going to be benched? Week eight. Who's supposed to play through that? How, what, what kind of energy are you supposed to have in the locker room? Y'all aren't really trying to win. You worried about money two years from now. So it really actually, now that, it's, now that I'm hearing it from him, like we know that there were reports of it, and then we right. heard from Sean Payton, and we know it's about the money, no matter what else, everything that's coming from the Broncos brass is saying. But now Russ is saying this as well. So you guys weren't really trying to win. You're not trying to right. win. If that's how you're approaching a season mid-season, that's week eight. You just came off a win off the Chiefs. You're absolutely still in the playoff conversation, and you're worried about money two years from now. Mm. So you've been trying to move off Russ. So whether Russ was playing well or not, you were just worried about getting off of him. Yeah, from the get-go. From the get-go. So you really weren't trying to win this year. And that's very discouraging. For me as a a fan, I would hate hearing that because it doesn't – what could you expect somebody to put out there when they know that you're asking for money back? It's interesting. I I, I wouldn't, like, move to cry. I was upset. Yeah. And I'm upset because – 
Recently, I think it was Kyle Brandt who called Russell Wilson the least authentic person in the National Football League. Mm -hmm. No, Russell Wilson's the most misunderstood Mm -hmm. person in the National Football League. And I believe that there's a difference. I don't think Russell Wilson is inauthentic. If you know Russ, or if you know people who know Russ, and Russ and I came to the National Football League in the same year, Russ is just misunderstood. And people keep talking about Russ, and he don't ever talk back. And as a result, like Joy has alluded to and said overtly, then other people will create the narrative for what goes on in your life. Sean Payton has created a narrative for what's gone on. Marshawn Marshawn Lynch and the Legion of Boom have created a narrative for what's gone on. Pete Carroll's created a narrative for what's gone on. Russ, tell your side of the story so people have another side to the league. Because otherwise, you just got a whole bunch of people trying to come to your defense. And I can't keep defending you, Russ. (laughs) You got to defend yourself. I'm literally on social media defending Russell Wilson in commercial breaks. Because I'm like, no, that's not actually Russ. This is what actually he meant. When he got called from a blocked number, he didn't block his number to call Marshawn. His number is just blocked. So I'm glad that Russ finally spoke. I do not think Russ is inauthentic. I think Russ is misunderstood. I think Russ is not like you, and he's not like me, but he's probably more like some people, so that's my issue. He's not an authentic. He's misunderstood. I don't know Russ personally. And the, to, for me, this is we can because of that, I'm not even talking about him personally. I think this is outrageous from an institutional standpoint. Crazy. Like, you have players sign contracts. You fight for guaranteed money. You went and made this trade as an organization. You brought Sean Payton in. The, all of these things should have been settled before Sean Payton ever set foot there. You, they, they didn't have a conversation. They didn't spend any time together before you brought Sean Payton in to coach this team and allegedly save the, the, the Russell Wilson tenure there. For you to go as an organization or a coach or owner or whoever made this decision to go to Russ and ask him for that money back at that point in the season is an announcement that you no longer care about what happens this season. In week eight... They still are alive in the playoff on. Yeah. No, it's not great, yeah. but in week eight, you made this decision. Well, you know what's crazy? If Russ's camp didn't tell us this, y'all realize we never would have known. Yeah. It just dawned on me as you were saying that. He said, they said, they asked him in week eight. We didn't find out till week 16. Mm-hmm. Correct. So for two months, Russell Wilson is going on the football field, right. playing, game winning, because right. I think there were three more wins after yeah. that Chiefs right. win, knowing these, these dudes, let me watch my, my language, these dudes trying to take money out of my pocket, and I just beat the Chiefs for the first time since Peyton Manning was your quarterback. And in like, the Bills. If Russ don't say nothing, we're, we don't have no idea. We don't have right. no I'm, idea. I'm also glad he said this because, obviously, like, you know, we trust the reports and all these things, but for him to verify it and explain it and for you to see him yeah. talking about it changes things. And I think a lot of times, especially especially athletes that are very well established, that have reputations, that don't want to, you know, rock the boat or cause problems around the league or become the story, almost to a, to a fault, practice avoidance mm-hmm. in protecting organizations right. and people that make these decisions. Correct. And, and these, these are the kind of dysfunctional things that, this is why I'm so adamant about when organizations are habitually bad, there's a reason for it. It's not because all the players are bad. Yeah, it's not because top. all the coaches are bad. It's because they are fundamentally incapable of running a well-run organization and stuff like this is crazy why are you going to your franchise quarterback you're paying him to be a franchise quarterback and asking for money back anyone would be completely distracted if your job came to you and asked you to give the amount of money that they're asking him to give back you would do the exact same thing talk to my agent and get out of my face and then you would be distraught for the rest of the time but you're expected to play at a high level the highest of levels and then you're going to be blamed for it we're all going to sit up here and blame you because you're the one making the biggest check when in fact the organization is the one who's creating all this dysfunction but not only that though this is even crazier to me because with all that you just said he was playing well like these are conversations that you have with a quarterback yeah exactly will yeah 100% and I go back to I always reference me spending the time with, with the Cowboys. I spent time in the front office. And I already, as a player, I already knew, like, yes, the business side is crazy. But spending time in the front office, the business side is crazy. Because <laughs> sometimes it's either, either it's business or it's personal. Like, when I got released from teams, I knew, I knew it wasn't personal. They just preferred a different player. 100%. Because I got released by Green Bay. But guess who I was working with in Dallas? Mike McCarthy. Yeah. Right? If I needed something... If I'm helping a player trying to get in the league, I can call John Snyder, who yep. released me in yep. Seattle. Like, I, I can do that. So, but it's either numbers or, or people. And you can tell, too, like, it's truly 
an NFL team is ran no differently than a Starbucks. Like, it's a corporation at the right. end of the day. It's the bottom line. It's our dollar. So for them to already looking at 2025, yeah. already. That's crazy. Not, and not out the playoff hunt. But it ain't like, me, though. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm making these drinks at Starbucks the fastest. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all getting rid of me. My, like, my line is, my is moving. Is yeah. Everybody's saying the drinks taste yeah. the same. What's up? <laughs> Right. You're getting it done. So that's that's the hard thing. And so for me, like you said, like despite everything is way better than the last year that's happened this year, it's it's definitely a personal situation. Like he was just never a fan of Russ to begin but with. But also Russ talking about this, and this is why it is so important. But prior to these things, we have a completely different outlook, some of us do, on what's actually happening. What's actually the reason? Is it just money? Well, no, it's not just money. It can't be just money. And it can't be that you guys are trying to win. That's why when we say every organization isn't trying to win, mm-hmm. they're not. Everyone, everyone goes into That's the season. That's the same oh, team's always like, in it. The right. same team's always go, in it. Oh, we're, we're, we're fighting for a Super Bowl. No, you're not. Mm-hmm. You're, trying to, you're trying to balance this, this accounting sheet and make sure that maybe in a year or two you can possibly be in a position to do something that you want to do. That's why this is so important, because we can look back on this tenure now in a completely different perspective. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. oh, oh right. Russ is one of your team. It's all good. All right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, family, when we return, it is time for Joy to hand out her Friday flowers, and these ones will not have thorns like the one Peyton has been handing out. Who are the stories, the unsung heroes in sports that you need to hear of? That is next on Speed. What happened? It's time for Friday Flowers, my favorite segment on TV. Joy, what you got? Well, thank you, Acho. Let's start things off in the Motor City. Detroit, the Lions made history in Week 16 with a huge win over the Vikings that won them the NFC North, their first division title since 1993. I was six years old. That means I'm 36. <laughs> their division was the NFC Central. But that's not it. They'll be a top three seed in the playoffs and will host at least one game. And they still have a shot at the number one seed in the NFC. So Flowers to head coach Dan Campbell, who said winning the division is special. And Jared Goff emphasized that the team is happy with the winning. But by no means are they satisfied or content. Shout out to Detroit. Spent a little time there growing up. My grandfather lived in Detroit. So very happy for the Lions. Congratulations and Flowers to you. Moving on to the NBA. The next flower is going to my Miami Heat, specifically the rookie sensation Jaime Jaquez. Jimmy Butler has been injured recently, and Jaime is taking full advantage of the playing time on Christmas. He became the second rookie in franchise history to record a 30-point, 10-rebound double-double. The former UCLA standout is also second among all rookies in scoring this month with nearly 17 points Per game, so Heat culture rolling right along in South Beach. The rookie is making moves, flowers to him. And the last flower, very special to all of us. This man is family to me. We all know Jimmy Johnson on Fox NFL Sunday. He is right here in our building. He drafted my brother. He inducted him into the Hall of Fame. But now, Coach is getting a special honor this weekend. This has taken way too long, but Jimmy will be inducted into the Cowboys Ring of Honor tomorrow at halftime of the Lions-Cowboys game. The Pro Football Hall of Famer led the Cowboys to -to back-to-back Super Bowl titles in the 90s. Jerry Jones made the big announcement last month, and now he will join six of his players from those legendary teams. So congratulations, Coach. I will not read that last line. It says, how about them Cowboys? (laughs) But that is Coach's line, so how about them Cowboys? Congrats, Coach. They say that the Cowboys curse. Is lifted now that Jimmy Johnson is in the oh. ring. Uh, you know what? They might be onto something there because that is well overdue, and uh, so was the Hall of Fame, by the way. In my opinion, Jimmy, one of the greatest coaches of of all time, really, at, at every level. level. At any level. Staying with the Cowboys, they got the biggest game of the weekend in the NFC. Cowboys versus the Lions. The two matchups, the two player breakdowns that you have to see. It's Simon Ross St. Brown, top five in receiving yards. It's CeeDee Lamb, top three in receiving yards. These are the keys to the game. I'm going to go one-on-one with the wide receiver on the set, the DB on the set, and tell you who will win the game and why based on the tape. That's next on Speed.
the pocket down the middle for Jones. Nice catch, James Jones. Will Blackman, the former Packer, in coverage. And that's what the Packers needed. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. Okay, I'm here with Super Bowl champ Will Blackman, Super Bowl champ James Jones, defensive back, wide receiver. It's time to go one-on-one. Get some things off your chest though, real Listen, quick, Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, oh, James, my dog James Jones, we play together, you know what I'm saying? And so I knew some things, two things that he presented problems. One, strong as hell. The other thing, slow as hell. Slow. <laughs> It was really hard to figure, okay. man. Okay, family, I'm, I'm going I'm to do y'all an honor and privilege. Here we go. Rarely, rarely do you get to see two athletes that both won Super Bowls, both played for a decade. Let's break down y'all's tape first. Let's break down y'all's tape first. So right now, you got Will Blackman and you got James Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You seeing the Miami down? Yeah, you, hold on. Look here. I'm going to slow roll. I'm sitting. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's yeah. the crazy thing about it. What I learned is that if, if they're tall, if they're not open, Take off. Okay. And so for me, I had a mental lapse. So he was locked down right here. Right now, he's locked down. Right now, James Jones is out to play. He went to sit down. Go ahead, James. As you can see, I'm coming on this fire here. I'm like, Eric could have put the ball on me right here. So you're saying you wide open. It would have been cool. It would have been cool. It would have been Hey, another thing I had was really good hands. Right there with it. And I'm going to catch it. Okay, but you don't get it right there. So now what? Oh, you know I don't what? get it. Yeah. And we'll know. He's been in Green Bay with us. Scramble Drew is big. For yeah, us. and but we my safety, were, but my safety yeah. took off. Now he needs safety help. Yes. I'm yes. Oh, yes. Help. I'm this, I need help. I need help on the takeoff. Yes. Oh, now he asks for help. <laughs> now, Will, you're, you're not in phase though, Will. So what are you thinking at this very moment? So there's a, a good lesson. This is a good lesson. A good lesson. I'm not in phase, so I'm not gonna look. I'm not no, gonna look. Good. You hear that? So right now, I'm just gonna make the tackle. Yeah. Cause you know I'm gonna catch it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, yeah, but also too, also too, the hardest thing to defend yeah. is a receiver look, look the and a quarterback on the same page. And Aaron Rodgers. And a, okay, enough of these two going one on one. They've already got their Super Bowl rings. Now let's talk about two wide receivers that are trying to get their Super Bowl rings. <laughs> I'm on Ross State Brown, yeah. CeeDee Lamb. First and foremost, I want y'all to know just how talented hey, the clip, these man. two players are. First, let's talk about CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb, right yeah. here, he is in the slot, but I'm going to let the play run. And right, all before, kind you of run, before you run, quick yes, thing, before you run it, before you run it, as we're talking defense, when the best player is in the slot, he is getting the football. That is a High percentage, Ooh, so trust that. It. Best talk player in the it. slot, because you want to get him open in a certain area. Different mismatch. I want y'all to remember that note at home. If you ever see A.J. Brown in the slot, yep. C.D. Lamb in the slot, yep. Amon Ross St. Yep. Brown in the slot, DeAndre Hopkins in the mm-hmm. slot. If the best player's in the yep. slot, he's getting the football. And the reason why is because it's a whole lot more space, right? right? Will got to cover the goal wall now. He got to cover the out route now. He got to cover the in route now. He got to cover the stop route. He got to cover the whip route. He has right. so many routes that he has to cover when you put your number one. And you might be on the third best corner. So now you got CeeDee Lamb in the slot. This is important because Jalen Ramsey, the best cornerback for the Miami Dolphins, he can't guard CeeDee Lamb because CeeDee Lamb's in the slot. Ramsey's out wide. Talk to me, Will Blackman. How can you defend CeeDee Lamb, who's currently second in the National Football League, if I'm not mistaken, in receiving yards? So the biggest thing is you want to hold your leverage. The top safety, he he did not come down inside enough to place air. So CeeDee did a great job of breaking it off early. It could have been at 10 yards and he broke it off right there at about 8 yards right there, just enough to get inside. This safety you're talking about right here. He needs to do what better on this play? What do the Detroit Lions safeties need to do to keep CeeDee Lamb in contain? Number one thing is you need to hold your leverage and play, have your eyes before feet. Right now, he broke before even looking to where it was. Therefore, when CeeDee catches the ball, he's off leverage. Yeah. CeeDee's able to get around him on this one. And rewind it a little bit. Yes, sir. Number two, because I've been in the slot and I played in the slot a little bit. Number four is outside leverage. Pause. Four is outside leverage. Right. So the corner, the nickel telling you I'm outside leverage, you ought to be inside leverage. But you are backing up, and you let C.D. Lamb run this and cross your face to get in the inside. And we all know when you get in the inside, it ain't no help in there, and C.D. does the rest. C.D. does the rest. C.D., one of the best receivers with the ball in his hands. But C.D. is not alone in this matchup, because on the other side of the field, Ooh, you have good. Amon Ra, St. Brown, yeah, number yeah. 14. I'll let you highlight yeah. it. Let me stop it here. Pause it right here, yes, right? Sir. Because this is the best route and combination in football, right? We call this a choice route, right? Which means you're going to catch these defenses in man-to-man, two-man. This guy right here, whoever this is right here, he is going to set a natural pick as he goes on to his route. But this guy right here is in no man's land, right? Because Amra could get in there. 
or Amrock could get all the way out here in that space, and he has a two-way go on this choice route. And as you run the play, they do a really good job of setting a natural pick. Amrock takes the middle of the field now on you the were, choice route. You were telling me before the cameras came on that Amon Ra could have gone inside here. He could have gone yep. an in-breaking route. He could have run an out-breaking route. Yep. Why does he choose to break in on this play? He chooses to break in because he's running his route off of him. Got right? it. And he sees the natural pick happen, and he sees that DBB outside leverage of him. So he knows as I break in, the ball's going to be on me right now. My Got question you. for you is how do you know when the ball's coming? Do you have to give eyes to the QB? No, no, no. This is a choice route. The, the quarterback is tall. Right when I make my break, number one, you can't trick the quarterback. Right. If you say you're going in, you got to go in. Got you. Right? You can't go in and then come on back out there. That is what happened yes. last year. Cowboys, 49ers, interception, Fred Warner. No question. CeeDee Lamb breaks in. He chooses to break back out and intercept you, the you pass. You cannot do that to the quarterback. So right here, exactly where you let the quarterback know you're going, Jared Goff knows. Ball out is on you as he breaks in, and then Amra with the ball in his hands after the catch. But this does is what separates what Detroit. Go back best. to that block. This is what separates the Lions. You have all 11 players feeling like they make a, they can make a play either with the football or without yeah. the football. This is why they won a division. They're getting ready for playoffs. Can you go back to this real quick? Yes, sir. Now, what I do think the Dallas Cowboys all the way to the beginning. What I do think the Dallas Cowboys will do, Will, correct me if I'm wrong, pause it right here, they play a lot of man-to-man. Right. Will, you're a DB. As you're in this stack formation, that DB has to come down, and he got to choose to press one of these dudes. Right. Right? So if you press, get up on, on this guy right here, and you press him, now your, your guy that's off coverage has a chance to be able to have a better right. chance. Will, well, I remember uh, what we used uh, to do. Right. What we used to do, we used to call it lock and level. Yeah, lock and What level. that would mean, one, if James Jones is a wide receiver, Will, go ahead and do it. Mm -hmm. If James Jones is a wide receiver, Will, go, go ahead and press him. Press me, right. so Will's gonna lock him. Yep. He don't the, want it. the second defensive back, he's just gonna play off That's level. It. So Will's simply gonna press yeah. him. Uh, and he's gonna, gonna guard the other me, and yeah. then you gonna be able to get a better read right. of what uh, or what do what we call line. lag, where the point man has the off man. This situation, I would play it probably more lock and levels because they have some space. Where if they were stacked. The point man can have the off man in this situation. Yeah. Got you, Will. Take a step back, if you will, because, Joy, you've seen a lot of what we have shown you on tape. CeeDee Lamb, Amon Ross, Satan Brown. Joy, chime in on this conversation at the wide receiver position. Cowboys, Lions, which offense, which wide receiver, who are you giving the edge to when you talk about the game? Well, I'm giving the edge to the Cowboys at home, obviously. But getting CD involved throughout the entirety of the game is going to be very important. They didn't involve CD in the second and third quarter at all. That was a big part of why they were able to have the game the way it went. They, they completely forgot about him in the second, third quarter. He had no targets, and they were outscored 16-3 to over those two quarters in Miami. They have to get CD involved throughout the entirety of the game. Got to get CD involved. He's top 10 as it pertains to catches, top 10 when it comes down to yards. Oh, These no. are the matchups yeah. that y'all got to see, that y'all are going to want you to see. That, you got Will and me on the play. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You got that play this commercial break. It's the biggest game in the AFC. The number one seed is a stake. Lamar Jackson, Tua Tungabailoa. They're playing for an MVP. They're playing for one seed. What will come down, what will this game come down to next after the break? Hey, get a sack, man. Hey, you see, you see Aaron, 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 Aaron went like this. Aaron went like this. Family, in our hurry-up offense, this is the biggest game in the AFC this week and really the biggest game in the NFL. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens taking on Tua Tungavailoa and the Dolphins, 12-3 versus 11-4. Winner of this game gets a pivotal bye week en route to the playoffs as long as they continue to handle their business. Lamar currently the MVP leader, but Tua Tungavailoa, he is third. James, I'm going to say a thought. Uh huh. Let me know if you disagree with the thought. Talk to me. I believe that Tua Tungavailoa can steal the lead for MVP from Lamar Jackson this weekend. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to take something crazy. All it's going to take is Tua playing like he played against the Ravens last year yeah. to take MVP. Yeah. Remember last year against the Ravens, Tua Tungabailoa had a miraculous comeback, threw six touchdowns, three, no, 469 passing yards. If Tua plays the exact same way yeah. against the exact same opponent yeah. and the exact same quarterback and the exact same coach, mm -hmm then he will steal the MVP lead from Lamar Jackson. He already leads the league in passing yards. If he goes off and goes crazy once again, he'll likely be up there with the leader in passing touchdowns. He can steal the lead in this oh-so-pivotal race yeah. for MVP. <clears throat> <laughs> I don't like what you just said because you got a vote. <laughs> and, and I don't. Um, no, I, I'm kind of with Joy Joy on this one. 
I'm tired of making this MVP of all these different people. It's a two-man race right now. Who the two? It is Lamar Action Jackson. Okay. And it is Josh Allen. Hmm. Josh Allen already beat Tua number one. Yes, sir. Josh Allen is on pace for 50 touchdowns. Talk Let me on. say that again. 50. Tua got 20-something. I ain't know 26, 29. Whatever. He got 20. This, he's on pace for 50 Say how touchdowns, and he beefed <laughs> Tua already. So for me, if Lamar drops this game, because I know a lot of people, especially when you vote, you want to go to stats and all that, and Lamar Jackson's stats ain't blowing people out of the water, it's only Josh after him. Josh Allen has took his team from out of this wild card to – if Lamar does win, yep. he could win the division right. with 50-plus touchdowns. So this here is a two-man race. For me, it's Lamar if he handles business. And if he don't handle business, it's Josh Allen right behind him. And he will be able to answer those questions week 17, 18, whatever we're going to be when they play the Is dogs. there anything Tua could do? Because if Tua does win, now he's 12-4, mm-hmm. tied for the best record in yeah. football. He would have just beaten the best mm-hmm. team in football. Yeah. Leads the league in passing yards. Josh Allen would lead the league in touchdowns. Mm-hmm. But it, Tua has his own lead league. Yeah. Is there something that Tua could do to win it? There's nothing Tua could do, in my humble opinion, to win it. Obviously, you could put him in the conversation. But to win it, I don't think there's nothing he could do for me. So for me, it's Lamar or Josh. Yeah. Point blank, period. I don't, I don't know if there's nothing he could do because he ain't throwing 30 touchdowns. Like, 50? Like, I don't know. Like, uh, Patty, <laughs> Patty Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers then was in, like, the 40s. Yeah. 40, like, That's first when he threw for 50, but his yeah. second is MVP. 40, year yeah. yeah. And Aaron, not a lot of picks like Josh, but 40 <laughs> some touchdowns. Josh about to be on pace for 50. But that's crazy. Yeah. Jays can't even get it out. I can't. Like, like that's crazy. <laughs> and, not o- and not only that, his team going to have 11 wins. His play overcame the drama. Correct. <laughs> yeah. And y'all season. know how I feel about Josh. I'm not on the roller coaster, but 50 touchdowns and it, your though. team's got 11 wins and might have a chance to win the division. You're trying to get an express pass. Ooh, yeah. no, yeah. not express. I'm a one-time rider if I get on that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Joy, where do you stand? Can Tua steal the MVP lead? Lead. From Lamar. Sure. At this point in the MVP race, anything is possible. Uh, two weeks ago, if you said Brock Purdy wasn't the MVP, you were ultimate hater. There was nothing that could be done in the history of the NFL. And then he throws four picks. And now if you even mention his name, everyone flips out. Yep. So I, I'm not going fi- to I'm going to find out when the voters let me know who the MVP is, because week to week, this conversation has changed. At one point, it was Dak Prescott. And you just hated the Cowboys if you said Dak, wasn't it? And then it was Brock Purdy. Now it's Lamar. At one point, two, it was. We're still having conversations about Tyreek. Of course, we can't forget CMC. So we'll find out at the end of the season who the, who the MVP is. There are things that can happen in this game to make two of the lead for the MVP. If he throws for six touchdowns and over 400 yards and Lamar has a bad game and they beat the Ravens, mm-hmm. who just beat the, best, the other best team in the NFL, yeah, that's going to be the conversation, especially because Lamar doesn't have these spectacular numbers. Now, I think Lamar should be at the, at the front of the MVP conversation, but to say that the, he can't steal it, like, mm-hmm. every week it's different. So I can't. Six touchdowns? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did it last year? Yeah. Against who? Ravens. And this defense, I think, this year? Only person that was missing was Roquan. And, uh, okay. Now, Hamilton got better. Hamilton okay. was safety then. Okay. Exclusively now he's nickel. Mm. But against the exact same Six. Ravens. But, like, we wouldn't have guessed that Brock Purdy was going to throw four picks. Right. Mm-hmm. We thought they were going to lose. Yeah, me and you. <laughs> I didn't think he was going to throw four picks. You know, Andre, you see how I got quiet? <laughs> Y'all I mean, we did. Uh, where were you uh, at? Can Tua steal the MVP? Oh, by the way, I just realized not, bo- not only are we both dressed down, we have got on pinky rings, man. Yeah, See, I knew I got the memo. <laughs> I got the memo. <laughs> He's so mad he didn't wear a suit today. What does he have to do? He has to not throw it to Tyreek Hill. Okay. That's what he has to do to not win the MVP. I feel like if he throws the ball to Tyreek Hill, Tyreek is probably going to take a lead for me, especially if the if the stats are what it is, if he hits 2,000 yards. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think right now with two, I have him probably fifth in Fair. terms of the two-way race. So, really, he, I don't think there's anything but he can do. How are you going to not throw it to Reek and win, though? That's my whole point. That's the point. I'm saying, yeah, it's no, going to be tough, especially point because Waddle's going to be out. Right. If he so you're, saying the only, you're saying the only way he can win MVP in your mind is if Tyreek sits on the sideline and he, and throws he goes out And he throws 400, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. what I'm saying, right. to not throw it to right. him.
Gee, that's going to be hard to do. It's yeah. going to be hard to do. Jalen Ramsey officially questionable for the game. We found that out as of 10 minutes ago. Jalen Waddle is officially out for the game. But Tua Tungabailo and Mike McDaniel, they got some tricks up their sleeve. They better find a way to win the game. Coming up, it is almost a new year, which means it's time for our NFL re- resolutions. We're picking the things that we want to see in the 2024 NFL year. What do we want to see in the NFL in the new year? Maybe no more tush pushes. Maybe the Cowboys what? win the Super Bowl. Maybe Aaron Rodgers wins the Super Bowl. That is next. Not the tush push. Pick your ring, bling, bling. <laughs> Family, New Year's Day. We're giving y'all a show. The talent, the crew, we all going to be here Monday, 430 Eastern, 130 Pacific. Before you get ready to watch those college football playoff games, check out your family here on FS1, 430 Eastern, 130 Pacific. Set your calendars right now. We're going to come with it. And most importantly, we will be dressed to the nines, unlike Will Blackman to my right, because my New Year's resolution is anybody that sits on this desk actually be dressed for work. Mm. My New Year's resolution is that those that come to work don't come dressed for the herd. Uh. They don't come dressed in button downs. <laughs> well, they don't well, come look. dressed in, 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 in workout outfits. My New Year's resolution, my hope, my objective, my dream for this show is that those that ever sit in one of these beautiful seats, because there are not a lot of them, is that those that sit in these seats understand the weight of the seat that they are sitting in. I they mean, understand the gravity of the moment. Can, can we they, can we get some credit? Because hey, um, I feel like I've been hey, Tracy, no, no. How long you, have I been um, planning this outfit? Get some lotion for Acho's ankles. <laughs> if, you, if you guys didn't notice. <laughs> okay. No. What's your resolution for the new year, Will? So my resolution, guys, um, that I will be in an NFL front office next year. Oh, hey. yeah. That is 100% legit, yeah. So going for it. And he would See never do a player like man, the Broncos did. No, never, man. never that. I'm coming I actually, out of retirement to play for Will, even that's though I'm slow. I'm, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, no, you you reliable. I need you. I need you. Listen, first down. I, I like uh, that. I like that. Will, Will has done a lot in the coaching ranks. Obviously, chose to spend your offseason with the Dallas Cowboys. Did phenomenally there. Joy, New Year's NFL resolution. My or NFL that? resolution. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't do personal resolutions. I do words. Do affirmation. There words. you go. I like that. Uh, NFL resolution. <laughs> Dolphins, let's win a playoff game. Oh. Let's win a couple of playoff games. I like that. A couple or one? Let's, let's win a couple. Okay, couple. couple. You gotta start with one. Yeah, yeah, you gotta, go you gotta start with one. Let's go for let's, it. Let's win a couple. Let's, don't, I'm triggered, okay? Don't be. Just go. Might as yeah, well. Just have faith. Thank uh, you. Okay, you're circling your New yeah, Year's resolution. It's, 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 <laughs> it's, it's circle. It circles twice, too, man. That was a perfect circle. My New Year's resolution is NFL. I want to see my dog AR8 back there on the football field. He's, like good, he's good for the Don't NFL. Don't we all? AR8 in that Jets uniform. Who knows what would have happened this year with that defense, but next year we'll get a chance to see with my dog. Man, I love it. Well, family, thanks for hanging with us all year long. You could watch any show. You choose to watch ours. We don't take it for granted. On Monday, we will all be back here. LaShawn Shady McCoy, he going to be in it. Shout out to Will for joining us today. Happy New Year's, family.